Hello, Latinos in Clinical Research. We are very happy to do this again. Another month, um, I will let Monica introduce our guest for this month. But I just want to let you guys know, this is going to be recorded. So and it will live forever on YouTube. So be mindful of what you're asking. You don't have to, if we don't want you to have to have explanations at your work later. So just, you could ask questions, but remember whatever you ask is like, it's going to be put out there. So maybe like figure out how to change what you're going to ask, but not change the, the entire context of it. However it is, just want to give that disclaimer. And with that being said, I'll hand it off to Monica and then feel free anyone to ask questions in the chat. Okay, so today we have Hurricane Brenda Medina. <laughs> I think that's the best way to introduce her. She is a force in this industry. Uh, she, is, she has been in many areas. Right now, she's working with a top technology organization, which is Medidata. She's going to be sharing with us all her career history. Um, she, I mean, I cannot, I mean, I, I will not be giving you, Brenda, uh, justice by introducing you because your all your career path or your career journey has been amazing. So I would rather let you share that with everybody. So please. <laughs> Thank you, Monica. First off, I want to first congratulate you guys. Um, you know, for many years in my career, as I walked through my career, you'll hear about a great path. But what I'm really excited about is seeing Latinos in research. So I commend you guys for the work you're doing. It's not easy. Um, you know, it's not something that comes natural um, for others to understand. So I commend you. I will join forces with you wherever you need. Um, and that's why I'm here. So let me give a little bit of background about myself first. Um, so originally, um, from a career perspective, um, I went to school or grew up in really finance, accounting, and systems. Um, so I want to highlight that first because I think one of the biggest um, things I want everyone to take away today from is that um, you don't need to be in research to have a career in research. So I want to make sure that I start there and that you guys understand that I started in finance, actually. I started really in systems and finance and a whole different um, career path. Um, I was lucky enough to be introduced to someone that guided me into a biotechnology company called Accorda Therapeutics um, when I graduated college. And from there, I ran the finance department. I was lucky enough to kind of um, be in the opportunity and space that we were going through an IPO. Um, and so that gave me great exposure working directly with the CFO of the company, which was an amazing organization. It was very small, so I got to play many roles. I did all the research contracting, all the budgeting, all the accounting. And so it gave me huge exposure um, to really clinical trials. But what I was really lucky enough, and I want to make sure everybody takes this other point, is I had an amazing mentor. He was the head of research. And ironically, at night, we would work really late together and he would listen to music that I liked. And so through that, we connected and he became my mentor. And he really, um, as we went through this IPO, um, really enforced in me to learn clinical development. 
So I would come to him and ask him all these questions from a finance perspective and say, how did you run this in a site? Or how? So he made me kind of like really understand the site side of it, um, understand what happened at the site level, understand how you monitor, how you understand how a data query got created. So for me, it was really enlightening and really took on a whole different spectrum on like, how do I take this finance hat that I have and really turn it around to understand clinical trials? And that became my journey, right? So um, I was lucky enough that he gave me the opportunity to really sit alongside, you know, clinical operations and really drive the business side of the operations. So, and understand how do I build a system that actually answers the questions from a research perspective. So I grew up there really fast because it was fast paced, small team. Um, and then from there, I went on to build really amazing teams at um, two other companies that I absolutely love. Um, one being Azai and the other one being Biomarin. So in those both organizations, I built what we, what now the industry understands as business operations, which is the business side of clinical operations. So I got to work very closely um, with not only the clinical side of the shop, but also the finance side and build systems, processes, an entire team of people um, that actually really were the translation between clinical operations, the sites, our patients, and the finance team. So anything that had to do with business, again, I wore that hat. And the more I did that, it was very clear to me that this component of being a finance um, expert and being a clinical expert was a niche, right? So I would literally look for people at the sites that like Excel. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I would look for people that at least like business, but understood what the sites were going through, right? Um, I then found um, SCRS, to be honest, and I found that the sites were really the heart and soul of everything that was happening. And so I started to work with Christine Thierry. I started to work with all of the real experts at the site level and understand what really was happening, what the gaps were from a business perspective, what understand like what weren't the sponsors providing that we needed to have, um, and really understand where we were not being efficient as an industry. And so my success story really was around building site um, experts in the sponsor side. Um, and that was really successful for me because when we thought we had answers, I don't know if we're getting some feedback. Um, so, so I, I, could you please, everybody, <laughs> could you please uh, put yourself in mute? Thank you. So, thank you. So for me, building teams that were really experts in the finance side and the, you know, they understood how clinical trials were actually done at the site. And in many, in many sense, the sponsor wanted to figure that out or the CROs wanted to figure out. We would work collaboratively to actually answer some of those business questions, right? So if we were having gaps in enrollment or we were having gaps in, you know, payments, whatever business practice it was, I learned very early on that the people that really knew what was happening were the sites, right? And I think sometimes that gets lost in translation because um, we go to a CRO and the CRO goes to the sites and so on and so forth. Um, and so what, what really was successful for me was really hearing directly from the sites and understanding that 
some of the business practices and business models were really a gap. And we were just not understanding the business problem. So, you know, early on, a couple of my mentors were very, you know, good at giving me the ownership and responsibility of solving some of these business problems. You know, I've heard from the industry many times that we don't pay on time or we don't do things on time or we don't respond to the sites on time. That's a very common. So, you know, internally at the sponsors and with my partner CROs, I worked through those processes that we were able to answer questions faster. We were able to pay faster. We were able to partner and look at what are the gaps. So for me, it was about listening and about really solving a business problem that I was really, really successful at. Um, and in many cases, it was really easy solutions, but building you know, a team that really understood how to solve that, make it scalable, and really putting some consistency around those answers was really the answer for me. Um, so I continued to do that. I did it successfully at AZI, and I did it successfully at Biomarin. And then I found, you know, and I did it successfully at Nectar. Um, I built business operations team in all of those organizations, um, you know, composed of, you know, business practices, really understanding how to translate science into business, answering those questions, um, you know, understanding all the parts of the puzzle, and then also implementing it consistently and scalable, um, which is where Medidata came into play, right? For me, Medidata had the answer to many of my questions of understanding data and put, putting processes and putting efficiencies behind it. Um, so it really helped me to really understand how to solve a lot of these things with technology, but understanding what actually happened in so to this day, I believe technology plays a part of it, but it doesn't solve the entire problem, right? Which is why I consistently still go to SCRS. I consistently still go to, you know, any of the, you know, patient or site-facing conferences because it really gives me the groundwork that I need in order to solve the problems that I kind of face every day. Um, today, I lead the um, offshore operations of Medidata for the development team, right? So they develop all the products, the new products, which I'm super proud of in India. Um, and so like for me, it's really helping them to understand the ground work that we need to do to make our clinical development process better, right? What are the challenges that the sites and the patients are facing that I could actually help them to understand to make things better? Right, that's really my passion. Um, and then intertwined with that is, is obviously the diversity factor and how do I, you know, bring along more Latinos into this world, right? Like I've been passionate about that from day one. How do I bring uh, underrepresented communities into research? Because that's the only way our people are going to really believe in research, right? We know that they, I could build an app that finds us, right? and finds our patients, but what good is that if they don't trust us or they don't understand what clinical trial is or what, you know, but the more of us that understand it and we could explain it to our gente, the better, right? Like, and it's not about everyone getting on a clinical trial. For me, it's about giving them the facts, right? If you have a particular disease and I know about the side effects and I could route you to the right information and you could find a trial that fits you, then I'm successful, right? 
So that turns me to why I found you guys, right? So I've been on this mission. Unfortunately, I lost my aunt and my uncle during COVID. Um, and it was really unfortunate because they really didn't believe in clinical trials, right? They didn't believe in the therapies that were out there already approved and they wouldn't actually get vaccinated, right? So for me, it was a real big mission that I was on. Even before that, I kind of recognized the gap, but I was like, how do I actually do this, right? Um, and many searches and I lost, especially my aunt when I lost her, it was really big. Um, loss for me and I, I kept thinking to myself like how could it be that I'm in research all of these years 25 plus years and I couldn't convince her right I couldn't convince her and um you know I had many conversations with folks about like how do we get to the Latino community and help them understand and the answer is actually simple in some cases for me is having more of us in research right, whatever it is, whether it's in the clinical side, technology side, I think it's really about our people really seeing us as participants of the process to build that trust and then also providing access, right, and education. So for me, building that, especially with this organization has been something I'm super excited. Um, and so looking for those opportunities on how I could do that constantly is kind of like, and you guys know, I, I found you guys, I was so excited and I said, how do I help my from my network and from my access and what I could do in the future, how could I help, you know? And I think, I think that's the path that I'm on. Um, so I thank you for the opportunity to give me um, to have this space and this forum um, and whatever I could do to kind of advance the, Latinos in research, whether it's participating in research or whether it's, you know, bringing folks into the research career, um, I'm committed to doing that for sure and experiencing that. So. Thank you so much. You're talking, <laughs> thank you, thank you. You're talking about all the topics that I love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sites, finance, uh, helping the sites and the communication in between the sites and the sponsor, diversity. I mean, leadership. <laughs> I think yeah. we can talk for hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, it's good because, you know, I feel like I have a couple of really close partnerships that I've built through the years. Um, Dr. Sandoval, Ana Marquez, like there's a couple of us that have been in kind of, you know, leadership positions that we've tried to to really bring the Latinos in research topic to the forefront. But, and I'll say it, you know, I don't, I feel like everyone wants to check a box and I'm not about checking the box. I'm about, I need the action, right? So I feel like, especially in my company and many other organizations, we now need to act on not just checking the box. So to me, this is the opportunity, right? We had COVID, which, especially for Latinos, we were impacted more than anybody else. Um, and in the future, you know, our numbers and our representation will determine the future. There's no question about that, right? I talked to you guys about latitude, which is an exciting space for me um, of how Latinos will be the new market, right? And so for me, it's, even if you look at it from a perspective of you know, sales and marketing and the future of drug development and sales, you have to look at us, 
right? So 100%. why not look at us in a good way instead of, you know, uh, the advantage of it right now, like making sure that we get access and that our people get access to healthcare. You know, that's that's what I'm pursuing and that's what I hope to partner with you guys on. Also, well, thank you so much, Brenda. Everything thank that you, you. Yeah, everything that you were just saying, like Monica said, it, it's uh, they're huge topics that we always love to touch on. And I'm sure Monica and Judy and Dan have their, their questions. But uh, we spoke earlier. I did want to touch on leadership because uh, I can't recall where I read this, but I did. I do remember um, reading some stats on, you know, Latinos in general within the pharma and biotech and research space, which is not that, you know, the percentage is not big uh, compared to what it should be. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to compare to all other ethnicities, uh, one, and then two, that that vast majority of percentage rarely ever moves forward into a managerial or supervisory role. So, um, you know, when I came across you on LinkedIn, I was extremely excited because, you know, not only are you Latina, but you're female, you know, and uh, it's just, it's 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 not often where you come across, right, uh, a lot of Latino leaders at, at your at your level within our industry. So, what really made you move up the way that you did? Because I know that, you know, just in general, I think on, on a full scale basis that uh, everybody kind of is skeptical of moving up, especially with workload and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But more so, you know, I saw you you stated that you had mentors. So I'm sure that was a huge, huge part of the pushing. So would you say that because of mentorship and access to those resources is what may also hinder the fact of like our our organ our community our community actually growing not just getting into the industry but growing within the industry um so i'll give you a couple of success factors i think that i had um one i had folks that really saw my expertise like i was really good at translating the operations into the business right so i was good at understanding a business product like the operational problem and translating that to a solution from a business perspective. So, and I'll use payments as a perfect example, right? I understood that we were not paying on time to our sites and I looked for every possible solution. At the time, um, I was, you know, researching and research why this doesn't make sense. Like, why would we not like pay on time? Like, doesn't make sense. I'm the head of accounting. I could definitely apply what I know from an accounting perspective to paying these sites on time. And then I discovered the whole circle of the CRO, you know, world in between. And I said, well, why do we do that, right? So usually the sponsor doesn't have, um, you know, doesn't have the expertise to make payments. So just questioning the process from a real lens of like what's practice. So I sat with the sites, understood the process, how the data gets into the EDP, like how does that get generated? So my ability to question the process was a big I might have not known anything about clinical trials, but what what really made me successful, in, and I take payments as an example because the real example that we're still dealing with, and I feel like I solved it many times, very simply, but it was really questioning the practice that people were following for many years without questioning. They would just outsource it, not question the process, and hear the complaint, but not really have the practice of diving into it, right? Mm-hmm. I partner with the CROs, I partner with the companies that actually were accelerating the payment process. And we were able to accelerate and I paid every site on a monthly basis. What happens is the next time I had a trial, they were like, yes, of course, we'll take you. We will take your trial. You pay us on time. So it just turned into this whole 
like validation of that, right? So I went with my gut feeling when I knew I was an expert. So if you're an expert at something, really believe in yourself, really drive that forward and then find a mentor. So that's where the mentor comes into play, right? For me, I was really lucky to find really good leadership. Um, you know, I had a boss that would really believe in me um, named by Mitch Katz. So I named him because he's amazing. Um, and then I also had other mentors after him that really believed in my skills and put me at the opportunities that, and I would also volunteer. I was not comfortable with the same status quo. I was the head of accounting at the time, but he actually had me. He said, you're going to become the head of business operations. It wasn't a thing. Like that wasn't even a department back then. Now there's business operations everywhere. But he said, you're my translator between finance and clinic because we're not good at this. Like I need someone that could talk both. And he took a leap of faith on me. And it was great because it gave me the opportunity to really, really put myself in a comfort zone, not in a comfort zone where I had to step out, right? And had to like take that chance. So I did that. The third component is I hired people that were better than me at things I didn't understand. So I hired people from the site level, 100% that understood like, how does billing work in the hospital side? How does, you know, the practice, it, how does the costing, how does the business actually work on the site side, you know? And so I built teams of people that were really good and ex accelerated. So everywhere I went, and to me, my success is when someone below me becomes higher than me, actually. So for me, that feels like success to me, right? So when they become, you know, VP and I'm still, I'm happy because to me, that means I was a really good mentor to them. And that makes me excited. And the same I do for a lot of folks that I meet, right? You're good at this. Wait, I think I have an opportunity for you. So for me, my success has really been a combination to answer your question, Ashley, in summary is, it's been a success of really good mentors. You know, I have really amazing people guide me and really believe in me, me really leaning in, leaning in, like even things that I didn't understand. Sometimes I leaned in and I just took the chance, Googled it at times, times. <laughs> you know, uh, watch dance videos sometimes. <laughs> and then, um, you know, the second is building really great teams. Right. And people that actually, um, you know, I hired a couple people that were on the site side that didn't understand finance, but they were really good at running trials. But they liked finance, but they didn't understand the finance side. So I taught them all of that. I was like, let's just go three days in a room and let's just go at it and I'll teach you and then you can teach me. So that collaboration made me really successful. Um, and really understanding the, the fact that. You know, you have to understand what the site is going through, what the patient's going through. Um, you know, even today, I had an orientation with brand new engineers. I pulled up the schedule of events, right? And I said, have you, any of you seen the schedule of events before? Not one, ever. And I'm like, how could you build an application without understanding the schedule of events? I don't understand. So that, for me, is really the crux of, like, understanding the business, understanding the operations, understanding the outcome, and then making it making sure that people drive the, their deliverables off of efficiency. So that was kind of my success story to where I am. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. And yeah, I, I want to highlight what you just said about the mentors and then also leaning in. I do feel that um, me included, because I was at this point at one, at this place at one point, 
um, you know, you get comfortable, you like what you're doing, you like that you're efficient. And so you kind of stay stagnant, right? You're like, well, I'm good. Why ruin something? Why stress out when you think, but you all, you should always be pushing your limits to, to grow, right? Um, obviously in moderation as you're able, of course, because uh, everybody's different, but also not just depending on yourself all the time, right? Don't mm -hmm. feel bad to reach out and ask somebody for help or reach out and say, you know, could you mentor me or can you give me some points and tips? And this is why I uh, personally love Latinos in Clinical Research because we make this platform for our members to, you know, have the opportunity to speak to you or to find your contact, right, online and actually reach out should they have any questions. Um, so I I really love that you, st you state that and it is important that, everybody does their best to try not just to help others, but help themselves and also grow because so long as there's constant representation and growth within the organizations that we, that are within this industry, we can continue to help more people and inspire more people to move forward. Yeah. Um, Dan said something in one of his um, chats not so long ago that I think is, I want to repeat and just point it a little bit is that, you know, sometimes the positions posted give you a paper copy of what they need and they might the, the the organization or the people might not even know that the skill set that they need um is what you have so put yourself out there like there's no harm in submitting for it or applying for a position or reaching out to a or you know organizational leader and say I don't know how I fit into this picture but here are my skills you know so there's always room for that and I I really want to encourage people to do that because I think, I mean, none of the positions that I had in pharma had a job description. I created them. So Amazing. that tells you right there, right? Like you need to lean in, make sure that, especially if you're on the site side, you are super valuable to a sponsor. Like I can't stress that enough because there's a lot of assumptions that happen. And in technology, for example, sometimes we think we know all of the answers, but the requirements sit with the site. You guys are the ones using the product. So to me, it's it's underrepresented sometimes how valuable it is that 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 you should lean in. You should say, "Hey, listen, I have this skill set that I know you need. <laughs> Put yourself out there. It's totally there. It's been for me every time, and it's worked every time. So I want to support that." Yeah, you're the, you're you remind me. They they say this is uh, don't wait for an opportunity. Create it yourself. You just totally that. <laughs> yeah, yes. created opportunities your whole career, and I think it's also very important uh, what you just mentioned about the skill sets and the opportunities. Um, oftentimes people just stick to what the uh, job description says, and they don't go around it. And magic always happens outside the box. So if you give yourself the opportunity to go one mile ahead and do more than you're supposed to, according to that job description, there is always, always somebody looking at you. Always. Yep. Yep. Even, if, even if you think you're keeping it to yourself, there is always somebody looking. Yep. And, 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 and you're creating an opportunity for you when you go a mile ahead, when you go outside that box. Yeah. yeah. And oh, I, oh. I, I look for that. I looked at for that in people. Like I found people in finance that have nothing to do with clinical operations. And I'm like, look, there's an opportunity. This is a great <laughs> career path. Come and apply. I'll stick my head out for you. I know you, you know, like I've done that plenty of times. And, and that's, that's the reason why I, I love your organization. 
because I said that this is what I want to do is make sure that I open that opportunity for people to see that it is possible, right? We have one question uh, yeah. so far, but keep the questions coming. Uh, ways to make a career in metadata with the background of a CRC. Oh, that's endless. That's yeah. endless. That's endless. <laughs> Honestly, like we need people that understand how we use our products, right? So if you see product management or product development or, you know, there's an entity within Medidata called professional services. Um, they are actually the people that help our customers implement and use our tools. I can't tell you how valuable your experience would be for that, right? So I could give you, if you're in technology, like we obviously engineers are hot and heavy right now. <laughs> I'll hire you. She, Let me know. <laughs> Diana, uh, just to, sorry, Brenda, she's yeah. actually an IMG, <laughs> an International America graduate. Okay. Uh, so for a medical, we actually have uh, what we call data scientists. I don't know if, if you're aware, but it actually is looking at data and in translating in medical terms, which I think is hu hugely valuable for an IMG, right? Like using that data, looking at it and understanding, helping us to guide our customers to make good medical decisions is super needed, right? So look at those positions. They might not fit, like all of the little requirements might not say exactly to my point before, the requirement might not say, they might say you need 10 years of experience in clinical trial, but if you actually had experience translating uh, medical, uh, you know, terms or, or protocols, or I, I think it's really stretch it, right? Like you would not believe how hard it is for us to find really good people. So not that I'm saying we settle, it's more about like your expertise might actually be more valuable than what's written on paper. And we just don't know it. So put yourself out there, apply for it. Definitely tag me. I'll definitely help you in any sense I can. <laughs> Ashley knows I'm working on all of those. Um, you know, for me, and I, I've, I've definitely asked, you know, a bunch of people apply. There's positions here that there's a ton of positions that many data that we have um, that I think from any perspective, clinical development, period. Doesn't have to be CRC, I am like, I think is extremely valuable. And um, I know that Medidata is looking for people experienced in clinical development. So, and we, you know, we want to definitely hire more Latinos. I'm a big advocate of that. So. <laughs> yes. Well, she is, she take all the, she take all the boxes. Yeah. She's, she's IMG, she's a CRC. There you she's go. a smart, yeah. she's woman. I mean, so make, sure <laughs> Diana, that, make sure you send me your CV. Well, yeah, Diana, go ahead. I have it. Yes. Okay, Monica. Okay, great. Uh, well, maybe yeah. to make it a little bit more simplistic, though, uh, Diana, if you can please have Monica uh, give her the job IDs yep. that you're applying to, yes. and then we can then transfer that. It'll be easier to process. Yep. And that goes the same for any of you Latinos and clinical research members. Um, if there's anything in metadata that you that you feel that as you know as as Brenda just mentioned that is within your scope, um, reach out to us. Provide us the job IDs with the CV, please. Uh, both, uh, just to kind of save some time and face, and then you know yep. we can definitely transfer that over for you guys. Yep. Um, definitely going to be one of the things we'll be collaborating more with in the Absolutely. future for sure. Absolutely. But for those of you that see it today, <laughs> yeah. we'll be announcing no, and, it later. And I sure. actually, um, you know, like I mentioned to you, Ashley, I belong to a couple of the BRG uh, uh, groups here. 
and we are making sure that we collaborate to make sure that not only I do this, but the rest of the BRDs are also kind of expanding their like their reach within the organization. So if oh, yes, I can't so. do it, I definitely have other colleagues, especially, you know, we have Lola, we have, uh, you know, a couple of the organizations. Henry. <laughs> yeah, Henry. Shout out to yeah. Henry. Yeah, we're actually yeah. going to have a call on Thursday to talk yep. about a presentation. So, so. Yeah, so definitely we're working every angle, you know, so don't be hesitant to kind of look at. But I think what Ashley mentioned is really important. Look, go to the website, look for the position, look at your skill set, and definitely let us know because we're very interested. Sure. Uh, Brenda, you're mentioning something. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to so shout out to Perla Nunez. She put attendee, I attended the Women Color Summit hosted by Perexa last week, and they shared data oh, that good. women of color will be the majority of all women by 2060, Latinas leading the path. 100% awesome. Perla, Yay. thank you for sharing that. We actually yes. hope a plan to be a part of that next year. Yes. Um, shout out to Perexa. <laughs> We will be reaching yes. out. We need to yeah. definitely get involved in that. But thank you for, for letting us know that. Thank yeah, you. It's yeah. very um, inspiring to see that because nothing against the men, but Latinas <laughs> are leading the way. Um, and, you know, I'm just always like empowered when I see other Latinas out there um, doing this great work in yeah. clinical research, which is what we're all very passionate about. But when it's got time for questions, I do have a question, so. For sure. Okay. All right. Wendy, uh, did you have, do you want to continue on or we can also yeah, jump in? Yeah, I, want, I, wanted to, I wanted to say something that, uh, also, I mean, or highlight something that Brenda was mentioning about the skill set um, and, and building your, your um, experience. And people oftentimes, we were to, we, we have been talking about this topic in the in the last presentations that we have done and it's related to the skill set that you bring from your previous career or the experience that you have all of that counts when you are looking at the job description and like Brenda was saying everybody's not going to tick every single box but if you have a solid experience as a solid skill set why not? Don't yeah. don't don't lose that. Don't miss that opportunity. Just do it. Yep. I I definitely want to make sure that if anybody takes anything away is that because I think sometimes we write job descriptions because they come off a box. Not kidding, right? Like we have a job description that was like X, Y, and Z, and we take it. But when we we read someone's CV or resume. Sometimes what's in there or the skill set or the letter we get or something just jots a different perspective, right? So, you know, from a person I hired, you know, through my team in India, we hired 600 people during the pandemic to build wow. metadata tools. And one of the things that was really apparent to me is sometimes it's not black and white that that person fits the job, right? Um, and so sometimes you do have to have that discussion, have the little bit more lean in. I keep using that because it's the truth. Um, you know, it might not be, I think there's a statistic that says, you know, especially in the industry, men apply for when they're ready for 20% of the job description and women apply when they're 80% or something like that. But that's the statistic. And I think especially for women, like we just need to lean in a little bit more. Um, 
And then just in general research, sometimes the job description might sound daunting. Um, and I think it just go for it. It doesn't hurt, right? So. Yeah, yeah. but to show that, they have to build up a, a um, CV that is showing specifically that. So, right. because even if you have all the experience, you have an amazing background, but if you don't put it in your CV in a way that is showing, yep. then that's it. Yeah, <laughs> Nobody's gonna is gonna give you the opportunity. So the CV is, ba is basically the the icebreaker. Yeah, the, yeah. the CV and the connection. I would say because yes. sometimes, like, yes. I think the connection of that organization or the people or understanding what the organization needs is also very important. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to add, I think also like that first introduction when you're reaching out to this position or you're following up or responding to someone, that's a huge thing. What are you willing, you might not have all the skills, you might not have the background, but what can you do for that position? What can you contribute? And when you offer that already from the beginning, then that, you know, you compared to all these other candidates that responded, you're going to stand out. That's a huge thing. Yep. Yep. Agreed. So yeah, there, there's a lot of opportunities, especially right now. Like I just get a ton of just job offerings and it's like crazy the amount of just movement in the industry right now. Um, you know, other other organizations might be going through recessions. We definitely are not. <laughs> no. yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely clear, especially with anyone that has, you know, experience at the site that we need you and we need you in very different levels. So that's really important. I I I I would love to do with you a video about the uh the sites just because that's a topic that is very close to our heart. Um yeah. <laughs> especially because we are in that position. Mm -hmm. And and there are many challenges that the sites have that oftentimes the sponsor don't see it. And and it's not just us whining about, it's the reality. We are the the soldiers in this. Yeah. We are in the field. We're actually doing the 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 the. I mean, the we are work. in the field doing this work. The 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 yeah, the tough part of it. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, that's why we need so much help. That's why we need uh, so much awareness about mm -hmm. the sites mm -hmm. and and less less. Uh, I mean. When I'm saying this, especially you that come from the finance part, oftentimes the site ended up with the less part, the the, the shortest or the um, the, the yeah. less part of the industry, <laughs> and yeah. we are the ones that are doing the hard work. I, I'm not saying that everybody else and all the other levels are not. It's just different level for yeah. us. It's extremely challenging. Therefore, we need this 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 true help and understanding so i think that i think that something that is very important is not very uh public yeah. um i think sometimes uh the the sites are um for forget forgotten <laughs> somehow yeah. and, and, and it's, it's interesting what you're saying because i think there's a willingness to understand but there's a lack of information of how to make it work so one of the things I'm always challenged about is how, and I was running all of the budget um, negotiations in all of these sponsors before. And one of the reasons why I came to Medivita was because we have the tool that the, the sponsors use to actually benchmark how much we should pay the sites, right? 
So one of the things I looked at was, you know, and there was always this, this topic during SCRS or any of the site conferences I went to about not getting enough profit. And that's why the investigators would get out of research, right? So this is a, this is a real challenge for me because I couldn't understand, like, why are we not paying them enough? What is missing? So in, in the all three organizations, I developed a process that actually justified, you know, how much more do you need and why do you need? Right. Because that was the answer. The sponsors are scared to like not you're not scared, but like they want to stay within the compliance piece. And then the, the the CROs are in the middle, like they're just trying to stay within their budget. And then the sites are like barely making it. So it was a business. This is a perfect example of what I was trying to solve on the sponsor side where I came to Medidata was like, oh, you have a tool that helps us to do that. Right. So some of the development work that is being done at Metadata is really to show that data so that we can justify and make sure that the sponsors understand what they should be paying the site. But it takes collaboration to do that. And there's, there's not really still a good way. So there's a tool and there's data. But there's not a good way to kind of put the three together. And so um, a couple of my colleagues here are putting together a consortium to kind of understand that better so that we can give the sponsors answers on how to understand the business. Because I think it's just fraud, right? Like it's just not, an, oh, an MRI cost is X. Someone's looking at X and they think it's Y. And it's just, there's no justification of the Y, right? And that just takes a lot of work. So we're trying to figure out how to connect dots between the two. And I just think that requires hands-on collaboration. It can't be this back and forth. So the time we waste in negotiation, we should really invest. Yeah. Like understanding yeah. the process and what it takes, right? Yeah. Right. I think most of yeah. the issue is like a lot of the, but it's like a baton. Yeah. Everybody yeah. wants yeah. to throw the 100%. baton around and exactly. nobody wants yeah. to grab it. And, you yeah. know, again, one of the reasons why LICR was created in the University of Clinical Research, because we're just like tired of having just conversations. Yeah. Let's create the solutions. And if they bring it up, like, here you go, you know, yeah. um, we have it, or at least a yeah. version of it, right? But yeah, um, yeah uh, I did want to make some time because we are about 15 minutes beforehand. Uh, Perla, did you want to ask your question? Yes, as soon as I can unmute myself. <laughs> um, so, you know, I've been in research all of my career and I now work for a nonprofit where we, it's called Greater Gift, where we bring awareness and education about clinical research to those underrepresented communities. Because during COVID, the people that were mostly being affected, the black and brown people, were not participating in the COVID vaccine trials. So that's when I came to work at Greater Gift, and it is my mission to see a better representation in trials. But, you know, we have a lot of work to be done. We mm -hmm. need to build trust in these communities. We need to look like them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So at Greater Gift, we have um, community outreach work, and we've also started a scholarship for uh, underrepresented communities, for minorities. So we did, the first one was at uh, Wake Forest, uh, Masters in Clinical Research. And it, it, we've done it already two years in a row, two different African-American students. The first one, Darius Ford, works at Metadata. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> Raleigh. And then through the Hispanic League, 
in Winston-Salem. Uh, we've awarded her freshman year, her sophomore year to a Hispanic young lady who is going to uh, HBCU. And we just started one with Durham Tech and we're talking to UNC Wilmington. All these universities in North Carolina that offer um, a clinical research uh, degree. So we go you know, into communities, we work with different sites that say, you know, how can you help us spread the word to uh, other nonprofit organizations? Because we're a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, I said, oh, great. You know, we have a lot of connections with the Latino community. Um, they said, oh, perfect. We have the informed consent. We have all the information in Spanish. So then I turned around and I said, well, do you have bilingual staff at these sites that can enroll these patients? No, we don't. Well, then don't even advertise that you can do it in Spanish. They said, well, we can get a translator. We can get somebody on the phone. I said, stop right there. I said, we are not going that route. I said, not with me. Because I said, picture yourself in a foreign country where they don't speak your language. Mm -hmm. And you, they're trying to get you involved in something that you really don't quite understand. And we're trying to bring awareness about clinical research and trying to equip people with what questions to ask, their rights. And you're asking a translator to be the in-between for that yeah. process. Yeah. That won't work. And, so they're like, well, help us find bilingual staff that can work at sites. And I'm like, well, that, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know. Uh, so there, especially in North Carolina, where I am, there's just. We can help you. You know, these sites need bilingual staff. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then we have El Centro Medico Latino in Charlotte. The doctor's Hispanic, all his staff is Hispanic, but nobody's ever asked him to part, you know, right. to consider clinical trials at his practice. So there's definitely a disconnect there somewhere. And I can't, yeah. you know, we need an I, I, I personally, um, obviously I work for Medivita and um, we are really focused on helping sponsors to leverage their data to actually implement better clinical trials, right? And a huge piece of it <clears throat> is around the future and diversity and figuring that out. However, I will say, I like you, don't think it's about just data, right? It's not about finding us, like I mentioned before. It's about providing the resources, you know, whether it's teaching a physician how to do research, whether it's giving them staff enough to do that, whether it's providing bilingual services. I really feel that, you know, the how to do this Still hasn't been developed correctly. How, and I think this organization has a great opportunity to do that, right? You know, kind of like, I don't know, I've been like clinical trials on a box for Latinos, but like that's <laughs> kind of the concept, right? Like yeah. understand like what is it that you need in order to be successful in clinical research, right? And so building that and really leveraging it to educate our physicians, our nurses, our research staff, like it, it, and building a Latino community that does that is the exactly right. But exactly. but honestly, we we're nowhere near that. So you know, coming together as an entity, all of us, can really be very powerful because we have the information. So for me, that was what it was exciting. You know, I was trying to do it like you in this little silo. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, and, and how do I do this? It's monumental. This is a big thing. So 
to me is like joining forces and figuring out how we move this forward is really what we need, especially those of us that are experts at what we do and that we have the right connections and the right um, access. Because that's really what it's about. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about access in terms of education. I'm talking about financial access, right? Like people that want to just check the box need to put Mm -hmm. the funds behind the box. (laughs) So to me, like that's where we have (laughs) to get at, right? Like, and (sighs) you know, from a person that ran clinical development programs, I know that pharma has the funding, right? We just need to make sure that we put together a good business um, proposal around this and make mm-hmm. sure that we understand and show the value, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm excited because I feel like, I hope that someday I could turn back and say, there will be no more of what happened to me with my aunt, right? Like people will trust and they will believe in this mm-hmm. um, and that we will not have this situation. So that's really why I'm excited, um, you know, and I, I committed to the leadership teams and Latinos and research that I would help as much as I could, however I could, because I really feel like as a unit, we do much better. Yes, I agree. Thank you. Yes. And I did want to mention something. Well, um, I know that uh, LICR has been in communication with you in the past. This year has been a whirlwind for us. Um, a lot of growth has happened just this month itself, we grew over 500 members. Um, it's been, I know it's been very fast. <laughs> We're in the works of formulating um, everything for next year for foundation. So uh, all organizations that we've spoke to in the past, we're actually gonna be reaching out to them in the this year because we want, we really want to solidify collaboration in the biggest form possible for next year. So be on the lookout for that. We have not forgotten the greater gift. You guys are on our oh. contact list and, we definitely want to find ways to to continue the to the working together, like Brenda said, um, mm-hmm. and also just for all, also this for all of you guys just knowing um, on the twenty third we actually hit our two year anniversary, so we're oh, really happy about that. So nice. <laughs> Yay. Yay. We have we have a question. Okay. <laughs> what are some key tips to build a successful trial budget? From a CRC side perspective, wow, that's a good one. That's a good that's one. A uh, whole class. Yeah. So, so to me, um, and this is something I just spoke at CRC about. Um, it's really understanding your business. So you need to understand your cost. So forget about the sponsor. Forget about, you know, if you build your business and you understand what your direct, indirect cost, what your variable cost is, and I'm happy to help to kind of understand this a little bit further if you understand what your actual cost of running the site is and you can stand behind it and justify it there's no way someone won't pay you that much because the bottom line is the sponsors have the funding and they have they just need to make sure it's within their justification so if it costs you forty thousand dollars to start up a trial and you have justification and understand what that cost looks like Having that available, so when they ask you and say no, to send it back is the most powerful tool you can have. But you have to understand your business. You have to understand how you make a profit. You know, you have to understand what your expenses are and what your revenue is. Um, and I'm happy if, if Monica and Ashley and, Dan and, and Judy, if you want, I could do a whole, you know, insights on this. Um, but it's definitely understanding your business and understanding how to articulate that that is key 
I want to make sure that nowhere in SCRS I ever hear that you guys don't make a profit, right? Like that has been one of my goals for many years. And every time I go, it's like, I have another PI got out of business because they couldn't make money. That should never be the case. The money's there. It's, you know, really justifying and making sure you have that well articulated that I think is powerful. That's great. And Brenda, we're going to take you up on that offer because that's definitely something a lot of people need to understand and know. And like we work with budgets and contracts, but we don't always know everything or the ins and outs. So I think that inside scoop and your perspective would be great. And I have someone on my side that um, she used to run like the, she runs the tool here at MediData and she used to run the tool in um, our competitor. And I'm happy to bring her on so she could help you guys also. So we can tag team. We've done a couple of workshops um, the same way. So I know we're happy to, and and we want the feedback. If there's something that we're not capturing or we're not covering, um, definitely make sure. We want you guys to be successful and fair because it's all about fairness, right? Um, And recouping the cost for clinical trials. Great. Well, I think that that would be, amazing to do. Um, I did tell you, Brenda, I was going to send you an email to schedule our meeting separate. So I will put that in there as well so we can get that rolling. Um, I'm sure all the sites would love to see that. Um, If you are a site in a rural area, uh, I would highly suggest uh, becoming a member, please, and also reaching out to one of us or Latinos in Clinical Research or admin at latinosinclinicalresearch.com, reaching out to us. Uh, We would very much like to have you on our contacts. So should we have any information in regards to sites and how things would be helpful for sites, you will get that information. So we'll give more uh, more information on that in the future, but just so people are already aware, um, a huge thank you for everybody that has been active on the chat and even more so for Brenda. You are amazing. You are a trailblazer. Uh, Honestly, we are so grateful that we came across you um, because you have been a huge supporter. And so we only hope that we can leave, live up to your expectations and everybody else in the community. And um, thank you for being here today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm, I'm just going to piggyback on what Ashley was saying in regards to the sites. If you have, if your site is located in an area that has uh, like a diverse population, especially obviously the minorities, if your site is also in need of uh, uh, some sort of support, please reach out. We will be more than happy to uh, to help as much as possible. Uh, we want to make ourselves or this organization a force that is helping truly in every single area. And we have people like Brenda, <laughs> that is a, a, an unstoppable force. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, if if we don't if we don't help each other, who else is gonna do it, right? So no, it is it's it's really um you know amazing to see the work that like I said from the beginning, and I'm happy to use the resources I have and the access I have to help us get further in research because that's the only way that our our Latino population and and folks are gonna get involved and get more access to healthcare, right? So you know through this channel, we could definitely make an impact. And I believe in that for sure. Yep. Yeah, Collaboration, educating the community. We need to come together and do more. Thank you. 100%. Thank you guys. Thank you, everybody. Um, continue to like, share our posts. You guys, please help us grow. The more that we grow, the further we can reach, right? So please continue to 
to do so. Again, thank you so much, Brenda. Thank you to all of our members here today and those that are watching in the future. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you guys. Uh, just so you're aware, our next, we already have our next guest speaker. It is gonna be November 16th. It is gonna be with uh, Marlene Moody. Uh, and I believe she's gonna be focusing on site perspective, correct, Monica and Judy? Yeah, site yeah. perspective. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Feasibility, feasibility, there you go. At a big zero. Yes, feasibility at a big zero. So don't miss out on that, you guys. But all right, thank you guys so much. You have a great evening, night, afternoon, wherever you are. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah thank you way. so much, Brenda. Thank you. <laughs>